When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Australia on this day. My name's Michael Adams and today we're going back to Tuesday the 21st of July 1942. That was the day that the battle for the Kokoda track began. But what's far less known is that also on that day, a brave Australian's lonely war against the Japanese was coming to an end. Cornelius Lyon Page was born in Mudgee in New South Wales in 1912, only son of Cornelius Page Sr. and his wife Catherine. The Pages were prominent Mudgee citizens. Cornelius Sr. was a storekeeper, active in local politics, who served for a couple of years as Mudgee's mayor. So they were well off enough for young Con to be sent to St Aloysius Catholic School in North Sydney. Given his education and privilege, Con could likely have followed his father into commerce and politics, either back in the country or in the city. Instead, this strapping, hazel-eyed fellow who stood nearly six feet tall set out for adventure and new horizons in far-off New Guinea. At first, he worked in a store in Rabaul, but Con soon tired of this and settled on Musau, one of New Guinea's northernmost islands. For the rest of the 1930s, he grew coconuts and traded with the native people. Around the middle of the decade, Con entered a relationship with a Tabar Islander woman named Ansin Balu. In 1939, when the war with Germany began, the price of copra plummeted. That led the owner of a plantation on Simberi Island in the Tabar Group, about 200 miles southeast of Musau, wanting out, and he was looking for someone to take over. Accompanied by Ansin Balu, Con Page took the job. There were two other Europeans living in the Tabar Island Group. 60-something German-born Hans Hetterich managed a plantation on Tabar Island itself. This man was nicknamed Sailor, and Con Page had no time for him. But Con was friendly with Jack Talmage, a Melbourne-born man running a plantation on Tatua Island, which lay three miles south of Simberi. The former manager of Con's plantation had been a coast watcher, and so he now took over these duties. At the end of the 1930s, there were about 800 coast watchers on the northern shores of Australia and on islands in Papua, New Guinea, New Hebrides and the Solomon Islands. Mostly, these men were civilians and they used bulky tele-radios to send coded reports about any unusual foreign shipping or aircraft movements. The coast watchers' commander was Royal Australian Navy Intelligence Officer Eric Felt. From the 7th of December 1941, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbour, the Coast Watchers were at war. And just two days after Pearl Harbour, Con Page made one of the earliest Coast Watcher reports about Japanese activity when he sent a radio message to headquarters about an enemy plane flying south to reconnoitre Rabaul. 
Con had an excellent vantage point because his plantation and island were on the direct flight path the Japanese used to get to this Australian stronghold on New Britain. Through January 1942, he sent a steady stream of messages about incoming enemy planes, which helped reduce casualties from bombing raids on Rabaul. During this time, according to Eric Felt's 1946 book, The Coast Watchers, Con Page and Sailor Heterick were also waging their own war for the hearts and minds of the native people. The German man's alleged position was that the Japanese invasion was inevitable, but the invaders would be friendly to the islanders if they received cooperation. The Australian Coast Watchers' message was the exact opposite, that the Japanese would be brutal oppressors who had to be resisted at all costs. Rabaul fell to the Japanese and was invaded on the 23rd of January 1942. Kavieng, the capital of New Island, just 60 miles west of Simberi, suffered the same fate on the same day. Over the past month, the Japanese had been aware that Kong was sending coded messages and less than a week after Kavieng fell, one of their warships shelled his plantation. Then they came ashore in search of the Coast Watcher. But Con Page was a step ahead of them. With Anson Ballou and friendly locals, he'd shifted the heavy tele radio to a bush camp. And when the Japanese soldiers and warship left, he signalled the vessel's movements to headquarters at Townsville. While Eric Felt's book The Coast Watchers has a colourful account of these exploits, it's a 1953 Sun-Herald newspaper article that offers far rawer insights thanks to its extensive quotation of previously secret messages between the commander and Con Page. On the 31st of January, Commander Felt radioed, quote, You have done magnificent work. Your position is now dangerous if you continue reporting. You are to bury your tele-radio and may join either party on New Island and take other measures for your safety. Good luck. But Con Page ignored this directive to protect himself by escaping. Instead, two days later, he replied, quote, Any orders? Mobile. In bush. Commander felt reluctantly accepted that Con Page had elected to remain. After all, he'd made these islands his home for more than a decade now, and quite naturally, he wanted to defend them. So Commander Felt urged him to keep his head down. Quote, Do not transmit except in extreme emergency. You will be ordered to make reports when they are of greatest value. But Con Page was running his own war. Putting himself at risk, he kept making reports about Japanese plane and ship movements that he could observe directly and about enemy troop strength as relayed by islanders still friendly to his cause. This local support was dwindling. Sailor Heterick and another man, Hans Peterson of Swedish and islander parents, were reportedly stirring the locals against Con. Hearing this, Commander Felt again urged his coast watcher to escape to Buka, which was not yet in Japanese hands. Khan sent a message saying he'd consider it. In the meantime, he relayed information that an aerodrome on New Island that Allied pilots might be tempted to use was heavily mined by the Japanese. On the 28th of March, Commander Felt radioed to say that if Con was considering retirement, he now had to avoid West Buka, which had been occupied. Con replied with a message saying he'd never seriously thought of ratting, as he called it. Instead, quote, I am flat out here to get any enemy movements of value to you. Intend to stay. 
As Commander Felt memorably put it in his book, quote, By the end of March, Page was a dot in a Jap-held ocean. All the key points of his surroundings had been occupied. Escape was impossible except by outside means. Worst of all, the natives, who had been wavering, began to feel that the Japanese had come to stay and that they must make their peace with them in their own interests. Despite his increasingly dire situation, Con kept his sense of humour. One day, needing to send an urgent message, he heard two missionaries on his frequency. These men of God were commiserating at length about their potential fates. One of the missionaries said, I'll pray for you, brother. The other responded, I'll pray for you too, brother. Fed up, Con Page cut in with, quote, Get off the ruddy air and I'll pray for you both. Con's reports continued. In early April, he also sent a message asking that his mother be told that he was all right. Commander Felt responded by saying that he'd done this, and further that Con was now officially part of the Navy, made a sub-lieutenant with the Royal Australian Navy Volunteer Reserve and entitled to 12 shillings a day pay. Bestowing this rank upon him wasn't just recognition of the service he'd rendered already and the great danger he continued to put himself in. It was also intended to provide some small measure of protection if he was caught by the Japanese. As a civilian, he'd be classed as a spy and shot. As a naval officer, he might be treated as a prisoner of war. In early May, Con requested a supply drop that would include a service rifle. Commander Felt said he'd try to organise it. In the meantime, Con sent another message, this one a surreal, nightmarish vision of what he was seeing of the battle for the Pacific. Quote, Sea full of stinking Japanese corpses in coffins. Buried 11, Sunday. By the 14th of May, Con's situation was really getting worse. He sent a message saying the Japanese had organised a native police force who were hunting him daily. Con was also now running out of food because the islanders he relied on were too scared to help. All except a handful of men and Anson Ballou who'd stick with him through thick and thin. Con didn't receive his supply drop until the 20th of May, and when he found the packs, he discovered there were no weapons. Commander Felt had to apologise because the pack containing the rifle had gotten stuck in the plane's Bombay doors. On the 30th of May, Commander Felt asked the US Navy to send a submarine to pick up Con Page. Commander Felt messaged Con to tell him a sub would call for him an hour after sunrise on the 2nd and 3rd of June at an anchorage off the west coast of Simberi Island. He was told to be ready in a canoe and signal groups of two flashes every 10 minutes until the submarine replied with four short flashes. On the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of June, Con kept a sharp watch through the night and into the dawn, and he saw nothing. He reported this to Commander Felt, saying that if he kept this up and kept up the signals, he was sure to be spotted by the Japanese. He asked what he should do. Commander Felt had learned that the American submarine had suffered mechanical failures and had had to limp back to port. Due to the treacherous reefs, another couldn't be sent until the next full moon. But that might be too late because the Japanese were stepping up their attempts to catch the Coast Watcher. 
On the 12th of June, Con sent three SOS messages that described how desperate he was. Quote, SOS, Japanese landed Monday. Am hunted by natives, dogs, machine guns. Japanese left last night, Thursday. Will return Saturday with more troops. The next message that day read, quote, My only chance is flying boat, land on west side. There is small island and sand spit. Bomb mountain village, south side. And the third simply said, SOS cannot hold out. Commander Felt responded by saying a Catalina flying boat would try to pick up Con on the evening of the 15th of June. In the meantime, three Hudson bombers were sent to bomb that ship carrying Japanese to the island of Simberi to form a hunting party for Con Page. These planes harassed but didn't manage to sink their target and the Catalina's repeated sweeps of Simberi Island on the 15th of June and 16th of June found no trace of Con Page. Despite the feeling that his coast watcher had been captured or killed, Commander Felt held out hope simply because Con was such a superb bushman who'd already survived for so long. Days turned into weeks without any word, and Con's devastated parents were told their son was MIA, believed killed in action. Three months were to pass before anything more was known. The next insight into Con's fate came from a Japanese petty officer's notebook which was found in September 1942 at Milne Bay. This soldier had been part of that hunting party and his notes recorded that his boat had survived the Hudson bombing attacks and landed on Simberi Island on the 14th of June. Two days later, they'd spotted that Catalina flying low and realised it was searching. Four days after that, a local chief told the Japanese where Con Page was hiding. He was captured and taken to Kaviang. Frustratingly, the Japanese soldier's notebook contained no further information about what happened next. It wasn't until mid-1944, when the tide of war in the Pacific had turned, that an Australian sub-lieutenant named Stan Bell came ashore at Tabar Island. Stan Bell's brother was a coast watcher, and he had a keen interest in what had become of Con Page. On Tabar Island, Stan was approached by an Islander woman who, emaciated, had clearly suffered great deprivations during the past two years of Japanese occupation. Her name was Anson Ballou, and she handed Stan a crumpled piece of paper with a message written in pencil. This note read, quote, To Commanding Officer Allied Force, for Lieutenant Commander E.A. Felt, Royal Australian Navy, from Sub-Lieutenant C.L. Page, R.A.N.V.R., July 9. Read the female Anson Ballou, Nakapur Village, Simberia Island, Tabar. This female has been in my service seven years, has been of great value to me since Jan. Japs looted all she owned, value 50 pounds, put her in prison and God knows what else. Her crime was she stuck. Sir, please do your best. Sub-Lieutenant C.L. Page. What would strike Commander Felt was that Con Page hadn't written a single word about his own fate. By interviewing Anson Ballou and other locals, Stan Bell filled in the terrible blanks of Con Page's last days. Anson Ballou had actually been captured a week before Con, 
around the 14th of June and was held in Kavieng Jail. After Con was finally caught, her usefulness was at an end and she was released. His note had been smuggled out to her. A dozen days after Con wrote this message, on the 21st of July 1942, he was taken by a party of Japanese soldiers to a small island called Naga. There, they executed him, shooting him dead. His fate was shared by almost all the Europeans who remained on Kavieng and were murdered during the three years of occupation. While Hans Hetterich, aka Sailor, was depicted as the villain in the Coast Watchers and in one of Khan's earlier radio messages, this German-born man was also killed by the Japanese after being rounded up during the hunt for Con Page. Sailor was executed likely also in July of 1942. Con Page's friend Jack Talmage was also executed likely in September of 1942 and none of the other three Coast Watchers working in this area would live to see the end of the year. While his brutal fate cast some doubt on the extent of Sailor's collaboration, his friend Hans Peterson was almost certainly guilty. The Australian Army alleged he'd assisted in the roundup of Europeans and in the capture of Con Page. For two years, he forced islanders to grow food for the enemy. Hans Peterson was caught in mid-1944. The official story goes that on the 1st of August that year, Stan Bell and another naval officer were interrogating him when Hans tried to snatch Bell's gun and was shot dead for his trouble. It wasn't until the war was over that the bodies of Con Page, Hans Hetterich and Jack Talmage were recovered from the same mass grave on Naga that contained the remains of 10 others murdered by the Japanese. Con Page is buried at the Bitterparka War Cemetery near Rabaul in Papua New Guinea. Commander Felt wrote in the Coast Watchers, quote, The information he sent out was of great value, the negative information not least. Four months of the five were borrowed time. A less skillful man would have been caught. A less courageous man would have retired in the first month. I'm Michael Adams and you've been listening to Australia on This Day. Make sure you're subscribed to get every episode as soon as it's released. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd love it if you could leave a review and rating at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're after more tales from our fascinating history, check out my other show, Forgotten Australia. This podcast was produced in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales on land traditionally owned by the Darug and Gundungurra people. Thanks for listening and catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.